0: manual well welcome everybody to our third conversation about preaching we've looked at so far what preaching is and said that it's essentially a means of encountering god in the gospel we've looked at how to structure a sermon looking at different moves noticing the different energy levels momentum in a message pacing considering delivery tools at our disposal and now in this conversation we come on to talk about how to actually prepare a message Those of us who are preachers, at least the ones I speak to, many of us enjoy preaching. We feel like God's gifted us to communicate. But the thing that we find really hard, no matter how many times we've done it for many of us, is the preparation process beforehand. Sitting down with a blank sheet of paper, or maybe just a Bible open in front of you and thinking, how do I work out what to say? And that's what Andrew and I talk about in this episode. Over to
1: Andrew. Um... So I think a place to start might be where we finished the previous one, which is on this gift versus skills thing. Because when I talk about how I do it, it it wouldn't work for everyone. um, Because I think gifts are different and I think I'm pretty good at, on the fly, structuring thoughts and unbundling problems. I find that it's quite intuitive, so I don't very often have to work hard at what a lot of people find really hard, which is structure. So generally, find if somebody shows me their notes, they've got a jumble of ideas. I'm normally, within a minute or two of talking to them, able to give them a structure that's better than what they came up with after hours of trying, if they're new preachers, not, you know, experience fun. Um, okay. Are you laughing? Because yeah. I've done that with you, right? Exactly. But, and, and, that, but, and so that, in a way, what I work at isn't that. What I have to work at is... Um, being, being, like The word modern word would be relatable, or being winsome, or being... Accessible, I find that for me the struggle is how am I going to help? How am I going to make people feel warm? And how am I going to feel like people know me and being the right level of vulnerability? Those sort of more soft skills, which I just I'm not as much of a people person as I, and I, I'm. I'm good with the ideas and so. On. So um, so that with that said, I think it's just important to get you and everyone will have some things on that that they're strong at and some they're weaker. So some people say, No, I'm good at structure and I'm great at being relatable. I just don't like reading. Uh, or I don't find the new ideas very... So I'm often going, I just don't have very many fresh, interesting things to say. And this is... So John Wesley has this lovely quote where he just lambasts this preacher who he thinks, preaching's so boring, and no wonder it is because you don't read enough books, which is Wesley's way of saying, actually, if you want to keep getting new ideas, you've got to keep reading because that's what sparks and stimulates knowledge, and you might not enjoy that. Whereas I love reading. Getting the new ideas is never the problem like you. It's just how do I find an outlet to... Give people all these ideas or, or winnow them. Um, so I think a, pr- a place to start is really with, is with your own limitations and go, w- what aspects of, this, of preparing a sermon am I good at? What am I bad at? Um, and yeah, the one that people often struggle with happens to be one that I find quite easy, which is collecting and organizing your thoughts into a structure. Having said that, I, I do find it has helped me to use a pretty similar structural shape to almost all my sermons, which I'll build on what we did in the previous conversation with the shape of the whole thing. And so I will generally do- Andrew's back up at the flip chart. I'll talk you through what he's doing. I'd actually do mine on PowerPoint. This doesn't, almost no one is ever convinced by this idea, but I'd... I was a management consultant before I did this and I just used their document structure and did the same thing. And so I have- Here Andrew draws five boxes on the top of the flip
0: chart indicating each of the five PowerPoint slides he's going to use to structure his thoughts.
1: You know, Barack Obama apparently um, used to wear the same suit every day because he said I had so many so many decisions to make in a day, I didn't want to have to make an additional decision about what suit I was going to wear. And I find that about there's so much I'm going to have to do in sermon prep that I want the shape of it to be roughly the same. And of, let's say I've got five. Sometimes I do it with six different pages. But each, the rule I do with PowerPoint is that it, in each page, you have to have something written at the top of the page that tells you what that page is, which also really helps your communications team if you use visuals and slides because then they can see what the main point of that heading is as well and so what I will usually do is there will be an introduction page there will be a bible page and then there'll be points one two and three and depending on how long the message is each one of these takes five minutes I find I've learned how to do that Um, and if there is a 30 minute sermon I might have a sixth page which is more of a you know landing conclusion application what leading into communion prayer whatever but now we're doing since covid we do 25 minutes we lost five i don't know where that went the sermons the service is the same length but somehow i've I've had five minutes lost but I, i think that's all good um and so this this shape helps me because what I find is I can start writing this page without needing a huge... I actually got... The first two pages are often done without me necessarily having to do too much work on how I'm going to structure everything. And I, for some people, psychologically, that can help them because they feel like I've got a bit of momentum.
0: So that's the first page is the introduction, and the second page is the page for Bible reading. And when he says, here he's referring to page one, slide one,
1: right at the start of his message, where he starts laying out some of the problems that he's gonna answer in the text. And sometimes here, I'm I'm really giving, I know what I'm gonna, I know what my primary thing I'm gonna try and get people to see is, and so I'm probably gonna say, this is, I'm situating the message in time, in the story of the church, and then I'm situating the message within the culture and the questions the culture might have. So although on the previous slide I said, you know, you, you read your Bible and then here's the problem, The way I tend to do it actually is that I will give them the problem before I read the passage, often.
0: And that's because right at the start you've got people's attention, haven't you? You want to show them
1: why they should stay listening. And often people, particularly the church, will listen to the Bible because they know it's the Bible and they should and they want to. So I don't necessarily need to put that up up front on oh, lots of churches that will be read previously in their liturgy so that may not apply but in, in my setting it does so I'm trying to locate it for the church as if to say we're in this series or we've just started something on this or we, you may remember over the last few weeks we've been looking at Jesus's view of whatever but I also want to locate it in the culture as in this is where this passage or this theme or this topic collides with contemporary reality now it's not formulaic I think if it's too formulaic everyone the church, oh this. I know you say the same formula of words every day. um, But broadly speaking, that's what page one's trying to do. And I can often do that without, I sometimes do that without knowing what this page is going to say. So I'm not someone who goes, the whole thing's drafted before and then I write it out longhand. And I use bullet points all the time. I just find them easy to use. And so that opening page, hi, welcome, this is where we are as a church. Here's an issue I want you to think about. Here's a question, here's a provocation, here's a challenge then the bible that's obviously just copy paste from bible gateway so i've actually got i know i haven't but i've looks like i've got two fifths of it done already but i find psychologically that makes me feel like i'm underway without staring at the blank sheet um now you might say well it just defers the blank sheet because now this page is blank but even having got two fifths of the way through feels psychologically like you've done more um and for those who really struggle with writer's block i have other tricks like as well which is Sometimes it can help to describe what your preacher's about on an email to yourself or a friend or whatever, because the very act of writing in a different format sometimes tricks your brain into thinking, oh, it's just Monday, I can just write this. You don't have blankness. You go, I'll just write an email to you and say, hey, Jez, I'm planning on writing and doing a message on 1 Kings 14, and it's kind of about this, and I'm, I want to do this, but I don't really know how to structure it, but I kind of want to say this, I want to you know, there's a few bit, a bit in there. Even the practice of doing that, you might find phrases, things come out, which you can then use here. Something I find, I don't know if you find this is that I, I can
0: listen to what someone else's notes and thoughts about what they're wanting to say, and I can help them find structure much
1: easier and much quicker than I can when it's yeah. my own work. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, I don't I don't know. I, I think I'm not sure all people find that. I think external processors find it. I think people who naturally formulate their thoughts out loud and in written form. Um, which I, you and I both very very like like hyper like this, which is why this conversation is full of interruptions and gaps and changes of subject because we 're both like that, whereas I think more introverted, reflective, thoughtful people who think about what they 're going to say before they say it. i just don 't understand those guys, but anyway there 's a lot of them around and i 've worked with plenty that they will often want to get the idea more fully formed and then state it, so you and I probably find that kind of ad libby version suits our personalities better than the disappear into a study and think.
0: Yeah, I find you talking about this, and it's really helpful because um, we all process things differently. We all come up with yeah. different ways of thinking, come generating our ideas, and it's not that one way's right or the other's wrong. It's not that if you can't do this, you haven't got the gift of preaching. Yeah. Um, I, I just I want to be able to release people from this pressure to be able to um, think perfectly express their feelings perfectly be fit into this perfect model uh because the danger is for so many of us as preachers we we hold ourselves up against or we're held up against at least these kind of youtube sensation tv personality yeah. outstanding communicator types and yet the majority of us are just kind of plugging away at trying to communicate the gospel and the teach the bible faithfully week in week out to congregations in largely rural settings um where we're just trying to pastor people yeah yeah faithfully yeah. what well, we all are and so yeah. um so so we've got page one is introduction page two is bible reading then page three this blank sheet of paper how do you how do you start to generate the ideas that are going to go into forming
1: and creating the sermon so effectively i've started that process before i start writing because i've been thinking about the message and i know what the passages i I know i know the passages coming i again this wouldn't work if you preach 45 sundays a year which many of our you know, American brothers do. I, I, that's not, That's not. I've never done that. So I preach 20 times a year. So I've always got a bit of time to think ahead. Um, but I would, I'd be going for a walk. That's where the sermons begin. But, you know, I'm, I'm out walking. I'm looking, I walk by the sea, whatever. Um, and ideas are, are just coming. And I'm thinking, it'd be quite good to be able to pick up on this. When was the last time I preached on prayer? Okay, I'm going to preach. That's my next message. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did it. Okay, did it that way last time. I Don't want it to be the same. I, b- I think it'd be really good to take this sort of angle on prayer. And there's a sort of, the, the main point, the point num- in some ways, point number three in that system comes before points one and two, at least in that I want to get people there. I think that's the key thing. If I had to turn this into one sentence, which I have to, because my comms team demanded everybody, can you give us a one-sentence summary of your message for the podcast, all that. So you, I, and, but that's a good discipline, because it makes you go, I've got to know exactly what this message is about before I start. So I do that and so often number three might be where I don't write it yet but I know where I've got to get to and then really it's a, a question of I've got, I've got the text is saying this and I think that the main thing in the text that we're trying to get out of it to help people see and be drawn to Christ in wonder is this now what are the intermediate steps that might help the people get there which are both true to the text and connect with the problems raised in the culture that we talked about um, and obviously that will vary a lot by message but Usually, the the opening, the the beginning of page of the the third page or point one, is actually to pick up on the problem that I raised on the very first page, because so you read you say here's what we're going to be doing today and this is why it's going to, and here's the issue it resolves. Read the scripture and say, so can you see that this the the that passage? You notice that bit there or this idea came in there. So I want to look look at that and understand why that's true, and then I will often introduce my three points. A, I do this like Keller does, actually, because I learned it from it. I thought it was a really good way of doing it. And I don't do it, again, formulaically, but he would often say, and so today we're going to learn what the problem is, why, that's, why it doesn't work, and why Jesus is the answer. What the problem is, why does he just repeat these three? Now, I don't always do it just like that, but I do find it's helpful because it signposts to the church who are used to it, this is where we're going. And it helps me just lay out what, what we're going to do. And then the second half of page one, and all of page two are then making the first two of those three ideas. Um, And I would say this, I was told this by someone online, I can't remember who, don't make points. As in, don't simply say number one, and then a sentence, number two, and then a sentence. Instead, try and group those three things together as of the same sort. So three reasons why X, or three things you should do to Y, or three ways God has done Z, rather than point one, We should all be doing this. Point two: Jesus is the something. Point three: something. As if they're out of step with each other. It's always better to group them if you can. Just makes them more, makes the sentence less forgettable, but also helps you be a bit more disciplined and focused in what you're saying.
0: It's helpful. Um, Do you still um, like brainstorm your ideas and chuck everything onto a page first of all? When I get stuck, I do. That's not normally how I begin. Um, I think because I mean, I find the brain doesn't naturally think in sequence. It just kind of flies out, fires out, different ideas, like sparks.
1: Yeah, and this is why I say the thing about gift because I think mine does a bit. Okay, no, <laughs> no, I don't think it naturally, but, but it does, I don't have to work very, and that's why I'm saying, this is, I might not be the best person to ask that question, because I do generally find that, that things flow fairly well for me like that. Um, and I, gen, I also think, by the way, this is where, I don't think the idea that you as a preacher, for it to be all your own work, you have to go into a study and you have to do it all yourself, then come out with a fully finished product which you have shared with nobody i just don't think you see that anywhere in the bible um and i think that there might be times where that's in fact entire ministries where that's thoroughly inappropriate to your gift because you might say i work much better externally anyway so sharing ideas with someone i used to uh, you know our friend steve baber who i would always go and just knock on his door interrupt him and then just chat to him about what i was preaching because it would help me shape the message And I think if you're not someone who naturally structures things, having a conversation with a friend who is better at it than you or who just naturally is quite good at disentangling problems could be a really good thing to do. Just, you know, I only need five minutes of your time, but I'm just preaching about this. Any thoughts like, ah, well, you could do it this way. And there's a collaboration drawing on one another's gifts, just like I do when I say I really need a story about or... Is there anything, in the like in music, which would help me, contemporary music, which would help me make that point, any lyrics that tell this story? I just don't listen to enough to know, but I've got people on our team who do, and then they would help me, or in our church, we do a lot on the issue of race. Like, I'm, I just have a very limited perspective because of my background, so can you help? We do that all the time, so I just think structure might be one of those things, where if that's something you really struggle with, just finding someone you know who's better at it than you and chatting to them about it. So if that is a real blockage call for help.
0: Oh yeah. That, that, that's really helpful. Um, that, I mean it's helpful and possible if you're kind of prepared yeah. and you're thinking about things in advance. So what's your, do you have a typical like run in for a sermon? Like by Wednesday, I'm going to do this, you know, this much through it.
1: Yeah. So I have to film on a Tuesday for the following Sunday. So I'm not, I don't the option of, of not, of leaving it to the last minute isn't with me anyway. And I'm really glad that works for me. Some people like the stress, of the late you know I was talking to a friend recently he said oh I prepare on Saturdays I'm like I just cannot fathom how that is uh, but if if it works for you okay (laughs) but but I'm not judging but I kind of am um so for me preparing either the week before or on the Monday works really well and so that tends to be what I do um but again this is a sort of a of all people Rob Bell who when when he did a, a message on communication obviously we've since gone different ways but I really helped me I think by, as he was telling an audience, like what you, the two ways to prepare are you, you get to the, the few days before and then you go, right, I now need something that can illustrate this, 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 this and this and the other way is that you spend your entire life walking around, clocking something and going, that's going to work as an illustration, the next time I preach on this and you're reading I did it, I read Augustine a few years back and thought, next time I preach on prayer, I'm gonna use his letter to Proba as a way of teaching people how to pray through the Lord's Prayer. And then you don't don't touch it for years, but then when you get to the next, oh right, now there's a message on prayer, that's a good way of you doing it, or whatever it is. And so I think you have to be quite proactive, as you say, for this kind of model to work. If you leave it to the last minute, there are very few friends who are gonna take your call. If you're ringing them up on, you know, during the middle of the football of Saturday afternoon, going, I don't have a structure. You're like, okay, you made your bed, you lie in it. But so I do think that thinking ahead a bit more than that would probably help most. Yeah, and this is
0: perhaps, again, where the difference between um, giving a sermon and maybe being a preacher, and I think it's often has to do with the areas in which you obsess about things, like or how much you think about things. I know that uh, as a young Christian, i would think about preaching all the time in fact i probably still do and really a day goes by i'm not thinking about preaching in some form or another because i obsess about it because i just i I really love being able to serve the church in this way i love being able to communicate in this way and so therefore you kind of live a life of preparing yourself and again it's not right or wrong it's just recognizing i think this is just part of how the lord's wired us who preach and are preachers in the church um, so anything else for, to help people on, on how to prepare a sermon?
1: No, I just think making, I just think at the very end, you want it to be as clear as possible what it is you are saying and not, and just the shorter those lines at the top of the page can be. The By
0: lines at the top of the page, he means the, the heading that you've given each of your slides. The
1: crisper they can be, the clearer you can be about exactly what you are saying, the better, because if you're not quite sure what you're saying, the people listening to you definitely won't be. And that's particularly true when it comes to application and when it comes to explaining anything that is initially complex. So working hard at just even writing down. I've, the, more, the longer I've gone on, the more I've written down of what I'm going to say. So when I started, I just had more em- open bullet points, but I kept getting in trouble by saying silly things and eventually realized I need to write more the, l- the longer I've gone on. It's given me more, so the clarity has increased. And I say far fewer things that I wasn't already planning to say now. And that's helped me be clearer because I then have to work at even that phrase. Is that the best way of saying it? Or could you say it better than that? Um, and I think that sort of iterative process of going round and round again and going, is that the right way of doing it? And as time goes on, you get quicker. Do you write longhand sentences? Uh, a lot of the time. They're in bullet point, bullet point form, but yes. Yes, if you looked at my notes of my most recent message, most of the things I say out loud are written word for word on the page, or very nearly. Stories are different. Illust- visual illustrations are different because mut- you, you deliberately don't do those in a stylized way. But most of the sermon is there seems to written. Be, um, there, um,
0: there seems to be like a, a move in communication styles away from having notes towards a more kind of you know, memorized, speaking without notes approach. Um, it's more engaging. Do you do you find that is useful? Do you do that? Would you encourage that? Would you discourage that? Because actually, you need to be more considered. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I don't discourage it or encourage it. I think I. I think if people watch me preach, they feel like I'm talking to them the vast majority of the time. And that's, I, I have to do, because I'm on, on camera so a lot, so you're just doing it straight. I don't think most people think, oh, just, you never lift your head from your notes. They wouldn't say that. In fact, some people say, I don't notice that you particularly use notes, because I can glance quickly and see it and, and, and go, and obviously that comes with practice too. Uh, so no, I don't discourage it. I personally am a, I, I, I'm impromptu, I find speaking comes, I would often, again, you know me well enough to know, I will often say things that I and then think, oh gosh, was that the wisest thing and get an elbow from Rachel. And I'm just like that as a person. So for me, guarding my heart against saying stupid things, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, I have to watch that. Um, whereas I think for somebody who is more, perhaps more bookish in temperaments, might need to actually have fewer notes on the page in order that they make more eye contact with people But I don't think most people who listen to me preach would say that was the problem.
0: Oh, that's helpful. And, you know, just releasing to know you haven't got to be this kind of TV personality, engage with people, look at eye contact with people, memorise everything, become an actor.
1: And you remember Ed Miliband, you know, doing that when he did his party leader speech, memorised the entire thing, but he missed out one paragraph and it was absolutely vital. And the newspapers just ran for... Ed Miliband completely fluffs his lines. You think you lose one paragraph out of an hour and that's a professional politician, an expert in it. I just think, man, my memory just isn't, I've got a good memory, but it's not good enough to do that without losing stuff. So no, I, I, I need the notes.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, it's really helpful. Um, okay, just one thing then to kind of, as we wrap things up, one thing or some things that you would recommend people do to either things that they should read or things that they should do to help sharpen themselves as a preacher and as someone who's learning and thinking about preaching. Where do you go? What books, et cetera?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is an annoying answer in a way, but the, who, who do you admire as a preacher that you think you, you could say, I could almost see myself being like that? So for me, it's quite easy to go, I was very, very shaped by Piper as a young man and very, I've been very shaped by Keller more recently. And the two of them loom, I, I've learned a lot from people from different kinds of preaching traditions. I've read a lot of other stuff. But I think in the end, the, as it probably comes out even in what I've said today, but the more, more apologetic and structurally, I would line up more with Keller. But in terms of what I think the essence of preaching is and how I want to build to a place of encounter with, with God in Christ through Scripture, I would line up with Piper. I've just been very influenced by both of them. But that's not to say that everyone should be. Um, I personally think there's a very strong theology of preaching. So for me, Piper's little book, The Supremacy of God in Preaching, is still the best book I've read on what preaching is. Um, and it's that wonderful quote. Is it Henry Martin or Henry Skugel? but the, the, or Cotton Mather, I would gonna remember. One of those kind of 18th century um, and 17th century uh, people that Piper often quote American guys. He said, the chief office and design of a Christian preacher is to restore the throne of God in the hearts of men or something like that. And I've always thought, yeah, that's what I'm here to do. And I think for me, if I could just recommend one book on preaching, it would be that because I think it tells you what preaching is better than anything else. Of course, you read Keller preaching, outstanding. I read Lloyd-Jones, thought, bit overrated. Um, Personally, I just thought, I don't want to wear a black gown. I don't know why anyone would. There's lots of good stuff in it. But I don't listen to the doctor and think, I want to preach like that. So actually, his methods don't help me. Whereas I listen to Keller and I think, oh man, if I could get that amount of cultural engagement into my message and apologetic equipping, I'd be doing really well. So I tend to listen to him more because I want to preach like that. And you need to find who works for you.
0: Great. And I mean, that'll be the take home, won't it? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lloyd-Jones,
0: overrated by andrew i'm so glad (laughs) thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom and for all of those three conversations we've had been really helpful that i'm sure will have served people so well to hopefully make us all better communicators better preachers of the gospel um thank you so much god bless you see you soon thank you Well, that's it, friends. That concludes our three short conversations about preaching. I hope you found that helpful. Do please like and subscribe to the podcast channel. Share this episode with anyone that you think would benefit from it. And I look forward to bringing you more inspiring conversations with Christian leaders and thinkers from around the world. Until then, God bless. See you soon.